Are you a business owner stuck in fear, doubt, and worry about what the marketplace will look like in the future? Then this show is for you. Strap on your seatbelt and get ready to disrupt and innovate. Here's your host, Lisa Levy. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of Disrupt and Innovate, I am thrilled to have with us a very special guest, Jordan Forche. He is the CEO of CryoX, a trailblazing company that specializes in passive cooling with active performance. Jordan has revolutionized the way we cool outdoor objects without electricity, helping them reduce their temperature by an impressive 15 degrees. Jordan brings a diverse range of experiences to the table, showcasing his entrepreneurial mindset and a natural talent for innovation. He served as a CEO for CryoX since September, or I'm sorry, October of 2020, driving the company's success and pushing the boundaries of cooling technologies. Prior to this, Jordan served as an entrepreneurial catalyst at the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program at Arizona State University, where he honed his skills and helped nurture the entrepreneurial spirit in others. Jordan, welcome to the conversation. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation. And right, I promised that I would do a really brief introduction, but I want you to share your story with the audience because we all tell our own stories better than anybody else can. Sure thing. Uh, I guess I, I will start on the relevant path here for CryoX back in college. I could start way further back, but we'll start there at ASU. Uh, I'm originally from California. I guess we'll start there. I'm originally from California where the weather is somewhat more amenable. Still gets hot though. And I, I've always had issues with you know stuff overheating. Always had that problem. I, I can think of five or six distinct times as a, as a teenager that I'd be out doing something, my phone would overheat. Um, so, you know, when I got to Arizona, that problem just got worse. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, a problem. And I'm not the only person doing this. And we all have smartphones and we all go outside. So this is, this is an issue. Some of us more than others, but it's, it's an issue. So I set out to make a wireless charger that actively cools your phone. That was my first product. I successfully got funding for it through ASU. I prototyped it. I even made it. I didn't scale it, though, to production process just because I finished around 2021. And by that time, the supply chain was and still is uncertain, unstable, and not a good place to put all your eggs in that basket, especially for a product like mine. It has a lot of novel moving parts. If any one of them are missing, the product doesn't work. And they're all kind of niche product little parts. So I really couldn't count on some random factory in Taiwan not existing for a month uh, that would destroy the whole thing. So I was like, okay, two eggs in one basket for that project. I'm going to shelve that for another time. So I still have this thing shelved. Maybe one day I'll release it. At the same time, I had a back burner project, which was this amazing white paint that just for some reason cooled down everything you put it on outdoors. Um, <clears throat> now, its initial form was not excellent. It was it was crumbly. It had all sorts of issues where it part wouldn't stick to anything. It would straight up melt most materials you put it on. And I was just like, you know what? This is this has potential. It just needs some work. So I, for the past two years, have been working on perfecting that technology to the point where now I have CryoSkip, which is when you take this paint that nobody can or knows how to use, and it's very hard to use, and you put it on a vinyl, and vinyls are like stickers. It's like everybody can everybody's used stickers since they were little kids. Very easy to use. You put it on there. And then you adjust the property so it can match the stretch and other properties of the vinyl. And then, voila, you've got cryo skin. 
and I've got on to my third iteration now. And what Cryoskin is is a self-adhering, self-cooling vinyl that uses radiative cooling technology to actively remove heat from any system you put it on. So you put it on a hot object outdoors, it will actively draw the heat out of that object like a heat sink. And it shoots it off into the vacuum of space. So that is that is some cool stuff. In this conversation, right, this audience is really interested in the idea of being disruptive to innovate and make positive changes. So very specifically, you got tired of things overheating. But let's extrapolate this out and talk about what you see Cryo X being able to influence. Where where is this going in the next five years as it reaches market and adoption and people start to go, oh, we can actually use this. Where are some of those applications that are going to be the most impactful? There's some really positive, great applications that matter to a lot of people, some of them on a personal level. Um, so, I mean, one of the applications I'm pursuing right now are vehicles uh, because there's two reasons for this, specifically fleet vehicles, like the ones that deliver mail and post office and those Amazon ones. So, most people don't know this, but you know those little post office post office post awful post office vehicles that drive around the little ones that are the size of a smart car. Those do not have air conditioning, and neither do the big trucks either. Those ones don't have air conditioning either. So all the UPS guys, all the post office guys, all the FedEx guys, every summer risk their lives literally to deliver you your mail, and they don't have to risk their lives. Like it could be a comfortable environment, but the companies don't want to spend ten or twenty thousand dollars on retrofitting an air conditioning unit that just cost them even more money, right? And up until my product, there was no retrofit you could do for under $5,000 um, that, that could vastly improve the, the thermals of the vehicles. And it's perfect for these vehicles because they don't have insulation, which means that my product can work 100% effectively as a heat sink. Um, so I'm, right now I'm, I'm trying to get into that market. Another thing of that is like, okay, the new electric ones do have air conditioning. Problem is, is that you've got to power that with something. <clears throat> Electricity out of the battery of the vehicle that you need to go drive. And, you know, and it costs the company money to charge the thing. It's not good for the environment, right? You want to reduce the amount of energy you're using, you want it to be efficient. And it ends up being that a lot of the energy usage of these vehicles is not actually driving. It's actually just air conditioning, especially in the summer, especially in the summer. So my product on top, <clears throat> I did the math and I figured out I could actually increase the range or efficiency of a Tesla Model 3 by 20% in the summer. And I'm guessing, using that same kind of math, I could, I could increase the efficiency of one of those Amazon, Rivian electric delivery vehicles by about 40% in the summer, just because I would be offsetting that air conditioning by about 10 degrees or so. Um, so uh, wait, there, I want to stop you. I want to yeah. stop you because I want you to say those numbers again. The, that impact is huge. It is. So I, I, the math I, I have right now shows that you could increase the efficiency or range of a Tesla Model 3 by 20% in the summer. And I extrapolate that out because of the, it's a denominator issue. I extrapolate that out that you could increase the, the, the range or performance of a electric delivery vehicle like a Rivian by about 20 per, or 40% in the summer. Uh, just because you're offsetting that air conditioning by about 10% or 10 degrees, which is a lot. Um, that is so huge when you think about it and keep it in right the, the market that we're sitting in right now in the Phoenix market, 10 degrees 
is a lot of assistance in the heat of summer when we're talking about 118 degrees outside the impact right for the drivers inside and that range increase of 40% for a delivery vehicle is game-changing financial impact for that company in terms of the effectiveness and the efficiency of their operation. Additionally, I mean, there's a lot of angles for this. Uh, You could even look at the environmental impact as well, you know, because you're saving that 40% in electricity, right? Which means you're stressing the grid less and using a lot less. In fact, it even saves the money. I did the cost calculations and PriorSkin would pay for itself in energy savings in about three and a half to four years. I think it lasts a lot longer than that. I still haven't broken any of my pieces yet uh, for my long-term durability test. It's just continue to work. So it, it just, uh, you know, it would pay for itself in about four years, just in the electricity savings alone. Because um, you're saving about, you know, 20% of your electric bill, 30% of your electric bill every time you charge that vehicle. It's like three or $4 out of 17. But if you want to look at the greenhouse emission savings, like name another, name another aftermarket part, $100,000 that can increase the vehicle's efficiency by 20%, at least. Not even, I'll even wager 10%. There's nothing out there. But this, other than like replacing the entire frame with carbon fiber, which is beyond $10,000, that's like $50,000. Like there's nothing you can do to actually increase the efficiency and performance of these vehicles by that much. I know people are fighting to get light bulbs with, that are 2% more efficient. Like it's like, come on, <laughs> let's take some big steps. And, and the, these are big steps. So you see the application in vehicles. Where yes, else do you see them? Yes. Yeah. What, uh, what other I, industries? Yeah. I also am targeting IoT, which is like a really broad kind of weird phrase. But once I explain the kind of clients I have right now, it'll click. So right now I have two clients in this space. One of them is a drone battery swap station. They make a, they're called Hextronics. Shout out to Hextronics out of Miami. Love those guys. They make a, like a kind of a smart car size, a little smaller, a little shorter, but smart car size drone battery swap station, meaning a drone lands on or near it, uh, pretty much on it. And it opens up a dome and it swaps the batteries out and charges the old battery. And then the drone takes off and flies away. And it allows for continuous operations, which is really cool, right? A lot of use cases, firefighting, defense, search and rescue, um, geomapping, all, all sorts of crazy stuff. Agriculture. Lot, there's a lot of uses for this. Um, problem is, is that hot batteries are not great. <laughs> you don't want hot batteries. We all remember, well, the Note 7, that was, a, that was not hot batteries. That was a, that was a compression issue. But, you know, it, hot batteries are not good. I, I've seen the effects. Hot batteries hot. explode. Let's just... <laughs> They do. I've done it before. I've made hot batteries explode. Like, it's yeah. not great. And it, well, even if they don't explode, it vastly decreases their performance and lifespan and it's a liability. And it's not good for the environment either. Again, like, it's not good. There's all that lithium and stuff. It's just, you'd have to get rid of that battery much faster. So, I mean, you can cool down this, this charging station with an HVAC unit, right? But, you know, most, if not all of these applications that, that these drones are being used for are off the grid. Right, so you have a generator, or you got a solar battery pack, or whatever. And if you're running an HVAC unit, you can't support that power load. Um, not only that, but if you can actually remove the HVAC unit and just, you know, for a milder climate, let's say it's only going to get up to 90 or 80, you can just use straight up use CryoSkin. You don't even you can just get rid of the HVAC unit entirely, save all that electricity, save all that cost, and charge less for your end client. Um, so that's what I do. So we put it on top of. 
on top of some of these domes that they've got. And it cools down all the batteries and all the internal electronics. And it works great. They love it. That's just one of my clients. I have another one. This one's more secret, so I can't do a shout out to them. But they make a draw. They make, sorry, they don't make a draw association. They make a, like a secret mining box. It's super secret. They won't even, they won't tell me anything about it. But I have seen this, the shell of it. And basically, you put my stuff on top. There's a battery on the inside that needs to be kept cool. You can't, for obvious reasons, you can't put an HVAC unit because this thing is about the size of a briefcase. Uh, and even if you could find the one that's small, they don't have enough power in the thing to support that. So it needs to be actively cooled passively. Wow, I wonder where I've heard that before. That's what my stuff does. So put it on top, they put it outside in a field somewhere, and it does its thing. Um, so that's kind of what I'm getting at. More Another field that, are, that I'd like to get into is telecommunication boxes. So we've all seen those little boxes on the side of the road. Or the ones near near those those cell towers, right? There's there's the cell tower, and then there's like a box next to it. So all those boxes have to be actively cooled, and if they get hot, it is a it is a liability because hot electronics tend to fail. So what can you do? Well, you can again draw from the grid, use HVAC, hope the HVAC works constantly, right? You know, up your electricity cost on that thing. Or you can deploy my stuff and you can reduce that energy usage, reduce that energy cost, make the thing more self-sufficient, resilient, for examples, when when power goes out, now you're on a generator, right? Or or when main power goes out entirely, right? Yeah, things like that, where you want to keep those electronics from baking. So that's those are just some examples of, of industries and places I like to go into right now. I mean there's more there's more places I can go, but that's just where I'm kind of focusing on. That, that that's the current focus. And for the audience, right, the key to this is this product is something that you can apply to the exterior of something pretty much any shape because it is a vinyl based oversimplified, right, calling it a sticker, but, you know, or a wrap that, you know, it has that ability to then actively passive cool. I said that I got that passively active cool. Either way, whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it does both. <laughs> it does both of those things. And so as you're growing the business, right, you've, you've shared with us a couple of the industries that you're interested in. Starting a business and growing is not easy. Will you share with us a few of the kind of the, the challenges that you, the, you that you've addressed, that you've overcome or some things that are on the horizon that you're, you're getting ready to deal with? Yeah. So, I mean, the, from the start, the biggest limiter for this technology, for me personally, and I think for other people in this field, because I'm not alone, but I, I basically feel alone because there's nobody else makes a product like this, um, is price. So a lot of people are price sensitive, especially in that vehicle market. IoT, they don't tend to have an issue with this just because, you know, the, they can incorporate it into a margin and it works out. But for anything in the vehicle market, they it's always like a comparison issue so i'm not it's not like oh this thing can replace hvac it's like okay how does this compare to like a window tent i mean technically and in reality it has nothing to do with it and it's actually just the opposite thing window tents and certain tents can actually make your car hotter um you know because you're either absorbing or letting through the heat and it just where do you want the heat that's basically it. it you don't get a choice my stuff just gets rid of it um, so, but for vehicles, it's always compared to other things in market. So there's actually have a range in which I can price. Uh, I can't get too high. I can't get, I can't leave out of things in, in comparison in the market just because, you know, people are like, well, there's nothing like that in the market that's that expensive. Like even if the benefits are completely there. Um, but for IOT, it is much more, it is much more 
you know, flexible just because it's usually smaller square footage sizes and, and they're a bit higher volume and you know, they, they have a larger margin and it actually enables them to make their product work because it's a technical thing that they're fixing with it. Um, but either way, my improvements for my for Krauskin have been price improvements uh, and, and technology improvements. So my original one cost me almost $20 a square foot to produce. So my first clients, I was selling to them for 20 just because I didn't know what to press it. So I was making break even on my first my first version. Now, now I've kind of settled at around $30 a square foot. Um, and I've decreased my costs to almost under $10 here um, through a variety of innovations. Some of them are sourcing innovations. Other ones are actually material innovations. For instance, my, my process used to take two layers of vinyl and attach them together to get a superior vinyl. Now I have figured out and found a vinyl that I only have one layer of, so that eliminates half the vinyl. Now, there's other processes as well, certain dilutions that I can do. So a lot of price innovations. Uh, and with those innovations as well comes some material benefits. So my original one, if you tried to apply it to something that had more sharp angles, um, it, it would have it would struggle a little bit. It would leave some gaps. Um, my newest one, they can fit around a credit card's edge. It can fit around the edge of a credit card's edge. That's how that's how flexible it is. So it's uh, it, there's been quite a lot of improvements that I've been making over time. So over time, we're talking kind of a three-year lifespan of this company so far. Yes. And through all of this, you've described and haven't used these words, but I want to I want to kind of bring this back around for the audience, right? Everything that you're doing is a consistent state of ex- being willing to experiment, right? Trying new things, looking for those ways to innovate. Obviously, wanting to control cost is in your financial best interest, but it's also in your customer's best interest to get them the best price point that you can. So as... As a CEO building and a company based on a technology, innovation is driven by experimentation. Is that something that you think will continue as the business grows over time? Absolutely. I, I wrote my thesis on R&D, research and development. You couldn't stop me. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to be tinkering on this thing for a long, long time. Eventually, of course, I will you know, sell the company. I've got other things I want to do as well. Um, but... As of right now, I've I've got a lot of work I want to put into this stuff. I have other improvements I'd like to make, chemical improvements, performance improvements. Uh, I'd like to figure out how to make the paint itself suitable for consumers because right now it isn't. And you know, like technically you could give it to somebody, and technically they could stick a paintbrush in it and paint something. But that was my first product, and it sucked. So uh, I want something good, right? We don't we don't want people hand, handling basically prototype level materials we want something great so that's that's what i that's what i will be working on right is cryoskin is just a, a great implementation oh because the, this is this is basically the reason why i made a vinyl rather than just selling the paint because the paint's the actual active ingredient in the product and i put it on a vinyl and why is that it's because most people do not have a professional grade spray system at home for for vinyl painting or for for just painting nobody has that but everyone's got a pair of scissors. So that's why I sell the vinyl <laughs> because I can give this to any, any customer, any business. They don't need any experience and they don't need any tools besides a set of standard scissors and they can use my product. They don't even need scissors. They can use a knife. Like they can, they can cut it however they want. They can put it on whatever. Um, they don't have to worry about 
paint, which is where if you put it on, it's kind of permanent. Now you can't remove it if you don't want it. And, you know, like it's not shelf stable and it has those sorts of issues and it's really corrosive to some materials. It's just that yeah. vinyl is where it's at. <laughs> vinyl is where it's at. So first product, right? Getting it to market and making it consumable by the quote unquote masses. Um, and refinement over time for more specialty applications, because I'm, I'm going to make a series of assumptions, but when you can get that paint to a certain level of stability and you can sell it to paint shops and they can apply it directly to things like cars, um, there's probably some opportunity for, you know, entering new markets in new ways and, and doing some different things. For this audience, it is so important that we keep, I want to come back and close one more time on the idea. Everything that Jordan is doing is with that mindset of experimentation, of getting to a minimum viable product, which didn't work, paint, finding a better way of putting it onto the vinyl and making it applicable to a larger audience and a larger customer base, and then continuing to refine and improve from a quality perspective, from a cost perspective, and being able to focus on the needs of customers where we've got three or four targeted industries right now. But really, there are so many different applications. I bet everybody listening can goes, oh my God, I could use it in this space. We all have a need where something in our world is just hotter than it should be. Jordan, I am so appreciative of you sharing your story with us and your journey. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are, for our audience members who are listening, if they want to learn more, where should they go to find out more about CryoX? Sure. It's, I'll make it easy. It's C-R-Y-O-X dot C-O. That's the website, CryoX dot C-O. It's not CryptoX, guys. It's C-R-Y-O-X dot C-O. I get it all the time. I don't know why. Um, I will. I guess I look like a tech guy. So C-R-Y-O-X dot C-O. That's the website. You can also kind of just search us up on social media. It's CryoX Co or just CryoX. You can look me up, Jordan Forche. The last name is F-O-U-R-C-H-E-R. You just Google that. I'll show up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can follow the journey. Follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever. I'm not usually on social media that much, but when I am, it's usually something important. So. All right. So all of those links will be included in the show notes for those of you who are watching or listening and not a, um, able to grab it right now. We'll make that available. Jordan, thank you for being here. And for my audience, you know my rules. Don't get left behind. Join me next time. That's it for today's episode of Disrupt and Innovate. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Every single week, one lucky listener that posts a review on iTunes will win the grand prize drawing, a $15,000 private VIP day with Lisa Levy. And be sure to head over to disruptandinnovate.com and get your free copy of Lisa's gift and join us on our next episode. Disrupt and Innovate.